Hey, hello, I'm really excited. I generally am excited, um, which is which is nice. Welcome to whatever edition of the shop, the social hub of positivity that this is. Um, each week we have wonderful people from the community from far and wide. This particular individual we've had on before, back in the day when um, so Mark Smith from the from the council asked me to do a series of of interviews for prospective councillors, wasn't it, it was, back in the yes. day? But since then, lots of things have happened, and you've had many adventures. Some of which I have to say, I, I personally would like to, sh to to from someone who's worked in the sustainable development sort of arena for twenty four years now, and who obviously understands the peril, absolute peril that we are in. Um, I want to say thank you on behalf of Candu Arts for Sustainable Development, Ed Edigan as uh, local annoyance to the local council and national council and international council, but also for my children, because the sort of things you've been up to, people need to cop on and cop on board, yes. and, and get on board with. Hello, sir. Adrian Temple-Brown, by the way, everyone. Hello again, Ed. Lovely to see yeah, you. Yeah, nice to be back, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> funny we've still got this shop. It yes, was supposed well, to be, a, you know, well, the, the thing being is we're doing it as part of a community initiative. So, as you well aware, lots of people have come out of hiding from uh, lockdown um, with a lot of mental health problems. So this is yeah. this has been a real uh, useful on many levels. And we work with Harness to Reach. So it's been a fantastic help from Emory Gate have given us and the, the society. What have you been up to? Well, I come in here from time to time, yeah. and I'm glad to see you're still busy. There's yeah, yeah. loads of people out there um, yeah. today, and there's lots of um, art on the walls as well, which is nice yeah. to see. Very yeah. Changed it since since the first interview. If you were to look, there's literally over a thousand different individual pieces wow. because we've worked with loads of different young people and organisations. April Barlow did the uh, bio tapestry, which okay. is the is the thing that goes right around, and each one of them is an individual art. We did it with the Chippenham Museum as well. Literally, there's literally thousands of people, yeah. so it's evolved naturally, organically, and without any public money. And you, you can talk to the artists as well, so usually there's people sitting around the painting or drawing. I love it. And That's it. So today, to yeah. we've got three of the artists in, yeah. they, and, and they help run it. I mean, they're not just I mean, as, as, as gifted as they are, they help run the, the place, and we are open seven days a week. Think about that, and then we have been since, since the start of opening up, which was I think it was the 12th of April. We were prepping this place uh, well before that, but we couldn't open yeah. the doors. In fact, I think we might have done those interviews in a time when it was still mm. locked down. It was kind of, yeah. Was it, yeah. I think it was uh, May the elections were, weren't they? May this year. So it was... Uh, May... We were all yeah. tentatively coming out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's good to see that it's, it's still here and yeah. it's more vibrant than it was then. Yes, absolutely. It's proved itself. And that's why we want to uh, get involved at the Neald Hall with a consortium of people to help run it properly really as a community initiative and the, ca the cafe at the back we just need to sort of I guess um, cut away the dead wood from the council and then off we yeah. jolly well trot which obviously we have to do because we live here so I guess yeah last time I came I stood for election both on town and county level yeah basically standing completely on a uh, climate action agenda yeah so there's no nicey nicey stuff about no. the community stuff that you yeah. look after. It yeah. was purely we need policies to second and those sort of things. And I think I, I didn't stand in my own ward, um, because another environmentally aware chap stood in my ward yeah. as an independent. Uh, and I went across to the Sheldon ward, which yeah. was a ten minutes walk 
uh, and thoroughly enjoyed walking around it. Yeah. And my views of Sheldon were completely changed, having yeah. visited every door yeah. a few times. Yeah, fair play. Had lots of nice conversations with people, uh, yeah. but I think I should have majored on actually talking to people on the doorstep, which I only started doing at the back end of the last week, as opposed to flyering and putting out yeah. A5 flyers on yeah. the other things that are going on in the community yeah. as well to do with climate. Yeah. So I got about 8% of the vote, uh, which I thought was a reasonable poll of how climate aware people are yes. in general. Because yeah. Yeah. I've been quite involved in climate stuff, uh, both sort of activism with Extinction Rebellion a little bit, and also research, um, yeah. reading around how big the problem is with the climate, yeah. learning about how big the problems are with the environment as well, yeah. the ecology, trying to size up what it would take to fix some of those problems, particularly yeah. the, the atmospheric carbon problem, and work out how big it is, uh, work out if we were to fix that with engineering, how much of something that you need uh, in order to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up uh, focusing a little bit on on COP26 yeah. because um, essentially when you work out the numbers you realise that it's such a big 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 problem that everybody around the world has to understand there's a huge problem and then we kind of have to change our focus as humanity away from making money consumerism for yeah, the sake of it yeah. that's like making money in any way consumerism is just one way that Oh yeah, no, but, but that, that, oh no, absolutely. So, yeah. so a part of, as a consumer, that's how people can change. Yeah. They're, 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 people say, well, what can I do about it? So, well, you could go on a plant-based diet, for instance. That's it's a right. sacrifice. What? Which would you rather? <laughs> and this is the bit that people don't get, isn't it? It's the human race that won't survive. The earth will survive as long as the other atmospheric conditions remain, i.e. the sun keeps shining, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have a, a, a sentimentality of human beings. In fact, if it, if it had its own uh, way of, 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 of protecting itself from parasites, it would destroy us itself because we're dum-dums. Carry on, sir. Yeah, effectively, it is it's such a big problem that, that we kind of, as humanity, need to realise that unless we all group together or get together yeah. and focus on the problem of yeah. having a future, yeah. we won't have a future. Yeah. And so for me, I think um, COP... That's education. Yeah, well, education it? across the board. Across yes. the board, social, uh, social not, 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 not in the struggling schools, not because they want to struggle, there's brilliant teachers, but with the limited resources that they've got, we, that's why we've been doing loads of different types of engagement around the environment and around social uh, equity and, and, and resource distribution yes. around the country as well as around the world. Carry on. Well, I think it's as much uh, an adult education. Oh, I mean, I mean, edu yeah, yeah. Education. I so, mean, everyone. Yeah. So right now, yeah, yeah. today, we need the leaders to educate themselves yeah. at the global level, the yeah. national leaders. Yeah. And we particularly need Have you seen who they might be? Well, you can see them in the doors and you can see them in in Parliament, you know, so all of those people in the laws, yeah. in the Parliament... In Sorry the for laughing, I just think, well, just, I you know what I mean, it's like a dark, <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the, the areas that we work in society, when I see these so-say uh, leaders, as we laughingly call them, or, um, what are they, elites, I don't, mm. I don't see them as elites, uh, the oligarchs. They're the ones we can't see. Yeah, yeah, of course, but, but you know, they, they come through those same schools, don't they? You, you, you Reese Moggs of this world, and bless him, poor old Boris, poor old yes. abandoned, uh, got, uh, possibly got um, attachment issues, Boris. 
uh, and his father is doing a great, great turn there, isn't he? We, we, Watch we, out, here comes the Borises. We, we, we do see them, but it's not uh, an issue of education over the next, you know, child, five, ten years as they come into right. life. I mean, the leadership needs to be educated now. Yeah, yeah. And um, they need to be educated on the crisis that we have today, yeah. the climate yeah. and the ecological crisis. And, um, and so that's the key thing, I think. And, and I think when you educate yourself about how bad things are, because you understand what's coming next, mm. you're then naturally proactive yes. to change your view yes. yes. to like away yeah. from wealth yeah. and security yeah. in your life Sorry, and feel fellow humans yes. towards uh, a, a future, having a future yeah. for, for yourself yeah. and for your fellow humans as well. Yeah. And to, to achieve that, one of the, the best way to achieve that is through government policy or yeah. national policy legislation absolutely. which can be legislation yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and and but basically you can actually stand up and tell people that there's a major problem like we did in the hobbit you know you, you stand up again and again and again too late weeks and months too little too late you're talking the same dingbats yeah that couldn't save thousands of people died you go carry there's, on there's a really yeah. huge problem and unless you do roughly these things, these things then you've yeah. got a reasonable chance yeah, of yeah. dying yeah so you ought to do it and when you explain the problem of climate change and the ecological crisis mm. to people in a way that's clear and concise and comes through our main media channels and it comes yeah. from our government leaders on a regular yeah. daily or weekly basis then you have a chance of educating the other 92 percent of society that didn't vote for climate action yeah. at the ground level yeah, yeah. that there really is a problem and when most people can understand that Mm. Then we stand a chance of actually doing something about it, both government, business, right. um, individuals, yep. um, across the board, actually yep. trying to work together. Absolutely. So I focused on COP26 um, after the elections, um, really as an indicator to see whether the global leaders um, would educate themselves before the meeting and then actually sign up to doing everything they could yeah. to actually try to secure a future for us. And um, I continued working with my research to try and work out, as I said, how big the problem, just one of the big problems, which is the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is. Mm. So I, uh, I found some figures and I plotted a graph, basically, of how, how, many, how many ppm we have increased in atmospheric carbon dioxide concentration. What's every ppm? Year. That's parts per million. Yeah, just um, I needed to know that in case you thought I thought I was trying to be clever by getting you, him to explain it to you, and you all knew he was explaining it to me as well. Cheers. Yeah, and, and I learned that since 1950, we've kind of been going up and getting steadily worse every year on, yeah. on, a, on a trend line. It's been getting worse and worse every yeah. year. And um, I kind of summed it up by saying that so far we've made zero progress on net zero. And in fact, yeah. every year <clears> it's getting a little bit worse. And in the course of that research, I discovered that every ppm that we hear about is worth about 7.8 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Mm. And for every, so let's call it 8 billion, for every 8 billion tonnes that we dump up into the atmosphere, another 4 billion dissolve into the sea. Yeah. And then the remainder gets absorbed by things growing on the land. So the IPCC um, released a scientific report uh, probably four or five months ago. And that actually gave the real figures in there. So I managed to find the real figures from a, a bunch of proper scientists that, that said 46% of our emissions go into the atmosphere, 23% go into the ocean, and the remainder are, are used up by the land. And then by looking at the real-time carbon dioxide level in the atmosphere, which you, anyone can do if you look on climatelevels.org, mm. 
and taking the number of ppm that have changed since this time last year, you can work out at any just by looking mm. um, how many billions of tons of CO2 we stuck in the atmosphere over the last year. Yeah. And this year we'll do about 47 billion tons of carbon dioxide. But that's a big number, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so what I wanted to know was if I took the best offshore wind turbine, how many of those would you need to actually take that carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere using the state-of-the-art direct air capture technology? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you suck air in, it, it goes into, a, into an amine, it absorbs the carbon dioxide in little pellets. You then take them out when they're full up of carbon dioxide, heat them up, catch the CO2 gas and put it in a gas bottle. That's basically yeah. what direct air capture is. Yeah. And I worked out that number, and it's about 875,000 of the biggest offshore wind turbines, the Halod X 12 megawatts. Well, 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 well. And I thought, I think that's a number that people can understand is absolutely immense. Yeah. Because currently we've got 10,000 offshore wind turbines, yeah. and they're not all the big ones. Yeah. And Boris's great 10 point plan yeah. by 2030 intends to take us up to 30,000. Yeah. And we need 875,000 to get rid of just this year's emissions. God. And just in, Good luck, on, on, And then you go, okay, well, that's that's difficult. It's still a, a large number, 875,000. So you can also express it in terms of Hinkley Sea power stations. So that's the big one that they've taken 20 years to not quite finish building yet. Yeah. So you need about 2,050 of those just to take this year's CO2 emissions down from the atmosphere. This is nothing to do with converting to EVs or heat pumps or what, us e getting so to net zero. Just so what EVs? Just what are EVs? Electric, electric vehicles, so right. electric cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was quite a, a big number, and I thought, well, okay, um, could we do that as humanity if we all decided that was the most important thing to do was to to fix the internet to survive? The world. Well, if we want to survive, yeah, if we want to have a future. Uh, hands up, hand, anyone want to survive? Oh, Boris, <laughs> cool. hands up. Yeah. And I thought, well, we could probably do it if we all worked together around the world to do that and realised it was a major problem. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, so what do you do with 50 or 47 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide when you've brought it down to the earth? And I've done some research on turning it into chalk, and that's a big number. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's really feasible to create a 50 billion tonne pile of chalk um, every year on the land and move it around in little lorries. So I don't think that's exactly. What would you do with it? What would be the byproduct? How would you use it? I mean, I'm sure yeah. the calcium and everything, apart from you can use in various ways, but... Cement will be a reasonable start, yeah. but this is a big number, 50 billion. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then I thought, okay, did some research and joined some, uh, some webinars uh, with the oil industry um, to basically try and find out what it would take to convert carbon dioxide uh, into crude oil, mm. into synthetic crude oil, which is a bit like synthetic fuel. Yeah. And uh, there are techniques that are currently available industrially to do that. So mm -hmm. you take the carbon dioxide from the air, yeah, and you you sp you split it in a process, and then you take or you get hydrogen from water, and you split that in a process as well, and you join the hydrogen to the carbon um, using the industrial process, and you end up with crude oil. The objective then being that you can store excess, effectively heat energy on the planet that we've got on the planet by converting it into renewable electricity. And yeah. then joining the hydrogen to the carbon, create the crude oil, and then stick it back down the, um, stick it back down the oil wells where you got it from. Well, and sequester it back where it came from, essentially, all those billions of years. Correct. Correct. Wow. Right. 
So Wow, so reverse so, polarity. So then you go, Jesus, okay, so how much energy would it require to, to take that 50, tons of, 50 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide and convert it into crude oil, considering, you, assume you can then stick it back, back down an oil well. And the number is so big, when I looked at it, and I thought, this is not feasible. It's not possible to get that much renewable energy to put this stuff back where it came from. Even if you get over the insanity in our money world of doing that, yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, want to yeah. have a future, yeah. and you've got 50 billion tons a year of material that you can't do anything with, yeah. what are you going to do? So converting it back into e-crude oil has, has the benefit of using the heat energy effectively in the atmosphere and locking it up as um, carbon hydrogen bonds. Um, you use the excess of carbon dioxide, you take the carbon bit, use the excess of water, like sea levels rising, yeah. and you use that as a hydrogen bit, yeah. and you put it back into a space that's already there, which yeah. is an old oil well. Yeah. Too much energy required to do that. Right. So that's, and that's a really major problem. So I, I sort of finished working those things out, and it upset me, because, because it means that I can't think of a way that we can actually have a future. Right. So the fundamental problem is there's too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Right. And since like the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, we've actually put 2,400 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Yeah. That's 2.4 teratons. Yeah. And that's the big number behind the lady on the Sky Climate Show every night at half past six. The one that goes, the number of millions of tonnes of carbon dioxide is a really long number. Yeah. It's like 2.4 yeah. million tonnes, and yeah. that's 2.4 teratons, or 2,400 wow. wow. billion tonnes wow. of carbon dioxide, yeah. which is what has caused the solar imbalance on the planet. Yeah. And the problem is that we can't that we can't, we can't avoid that. We can't ignore it because right now the poles are melting. Yeah. So this is the fundamental mm -hmm. thing. There's so much excess heat energy coming onto our planet yeah. that the poles are actually melting. But it's, it's also being maintained because it can't that's get right. out either because it, it's a closed that's, system. That's right. We, that's, that's the heat imbalance. That's, the, so that, that's what people, you know, and, and let's face it, we all know that I'm not a scientist, but I get it. Yeah. And then, then I wonder if I get it, how come someone who went to eat and doesn't? Or maybe they're not, not focused. That's right. Their focus is on making money. Yeah. And it's not on yeah. having a Capitalism but, caused climate chaos. Yeah, and to be fair, we all focus, including me, yeah. on making money. You know, I, I realised that my reason for wanting to make money is, is security. It's yeah. to get basic security. Yeah. And I need that security because there's an underlying anxiety that you see in many of the people you help. Yeah. They don't know what's caused it, yeah. but they know something yeah, is yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think climate crisis and ecological crisis and our disconnection from each other yeah. for the benefit of making money, yeah. our disconnection from the global south, the injustices that we do, we do it Stop because yeah, yeah, yeah. we make money, yeah, yeah. our disconnection yeah. from what we're doing to the planet by mining its resources, both yeah. mineral and agricultural. Yeah. Here over here in the first world, we're disconnected from the pain that caused because we're focused on making money. Yeah. And we do that by yeah. going to work. Yeah. and being paid for work, yeah. and we call that a job. Yeah. And our entire life yeah. is focused from the age of two yeah. on educating ourselves in order to get a job, yeah. in order to have enough money yeah. to feel secure, and in some yeah. cases, to basically live, or yeah. to try and scrape yeah. a living out. 
So we've kind of become completely disconnected from what we're actually doing because we've got this focus on, on money. Yeah. And the higher up you go, as we've seen recently in the scandals, uh, well, not scandals, in the corruption discussions that we're having about the government. Yeah, the and the local up, government, just yeah, so we're clear. The higher up you go, the more focus there is on money. What's your counsel? And yeah. the entire system that we live in is headed by the term economic growth, yeah. which is it's making it, money. It's, of course, it's, 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 it's almost laughable if it wasn't just so, like, guys, what, what do you actually think is going to happen? If you, just, if you just keep your eye on the GDP every year, what do you actually think is going to happen? If you are, even they're talking about 3% growth, like, no, you, it's growth in the wrong direction. You have to, to maintain life, you have to be able to, there, there's, certain, there's certain aspects of the uh, a natural world that you cannot violate. Well, principles. We have, we have violated. We now 100%. have to yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, they are the basic laws of thermodynamics, aren't they? The first, first and second laws of thermodynamics. Yeah. Think about that, everyone. But if, if, you plot, if you look at the graph of, of global GDP growth, yeah. and you put it next to the graph of CO2 level yeah, yeah, yeah. rise in yeah. the atmosphere, yeah. it's the same. Yeah, that's, that's it. And here's the interesting thing. So all those things that were secreted away by nature, not by mankind, before humanity really was a scourge of this planet, um, they were secreted like oils, like your, your, your fossils, all that sort of good stuff. And then pre or they during or accelerate the Industrial Revolution, we've basically been hoofing it out into the atmosphere. And we didn't really understand, I guess, what was happening, but we were making all this stuff. The fires, uh, 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 the furnaces of industry were fired by gas and coal. And the people like myself and my father and all people like that who had, to, I'll say myself, but working class people worked in awful, ridiculous, disgraceful circumstances to get the coal out or to get the black stuff or the oil or the gas, blah, 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 and made capitalists a system. It's like, oh, yeah, we wouldn't defeat everyone. It wasn't to make sure everyone was OK. It was to make stuff that wasn't necessary. And that's the problem. We made so much stuff that has been unnecessary. If it was to do with our survival, and if we really knew it, and it's not because it could be because working class people or the underclass or the, anyone basically that isn't really capitalising out of this don't get it. They're not taught it. Why? If we were taught it, if the true cost of everything we bought was really so, how much did it cost to make, but how much did it cost to the environment? How much is it going to cost us to try and rebalance that? So if you're going to make that, this is how much it's damage it's going to do to the environment. So eventually, there's no point making this because you can't enjoy it because you're dead, because you can't breathe, etc. So the, the, the idea I would use for that, so to, get, to put it into basic terms so even people like me can understand it, is this. If a plastic toy soldier, if it's true cost of, of development, not just how much it costs the, the, the poor pay of whoever made it, yeah. but every other aspect of it, the true environmental cost to, to repair, it would be so expensive to have one, you wouldn't do it. And that's you wouldn't, what, it. You wouldn't <laughs> want to buy it, but you wouldn't probably want to buy it morally and ethically yeah. if you knew it had this other aspect, that it was, you can buy it, it's cheap, but it's gonna potentially uh, 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 hinder your ability to allow your children, your grandchildren to survive. These are the stark the realities, realities of, of, and everyone say, oh, well, they, they just don't wanna be capitalists because the, you know, they're jealous because all these people who are the elites, uh, who um, the oligarchs and all these people that, uh, that that have this power who perpetuate power because power begets power, energy begets energy, violence begets violence, which is uh, you know it's why I don't have a truck with violence. Activism, 
Mm. Activism. So you've got all this science that hasn't been uh, been d d d because the, the the nature of education, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, hasn't quite obviously been dissipated amongst the masses because any mother I know, any mother in the right mind, so I'm using mothers. You know, look at nature programs. Look at the, the female scenario. Look at what the, the the power of a mother bear, etc., across the piece. Lions, polar bears, you name it. A mother, a, a human mother as well, will do anything and everything in their power to protect and to provide for their children. If they were given, if mothers, just mothers, if women were just given the information, had been for years, because they've known, the, 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 since 1965 was the first major kind of research around a lot of this stuff. So they've known it for literally 56 years. I, I know that quite uh, accurately because I'm actually born in 1965. It's not my fault, everyone. But you wouldn't do it. So, so actually, uh, as part of the sustainable development module, the societal awareness of products would make it inviolable. You just go, oh, good luck with you. I ain't buying that. It it's going to kill my kids. So obviously that's hidden. So therefore the social, the, the direct activism needs to take place for people to go, I don't get it. Why are these people doing this? Are they bored? Now, you're involved a little bit. You have been involved in yeah, stuff like so that. I, what was I, your motivation? I took that, exactly what you've just said, and yeah. applied that to the 22,500 houses that Wiltshire Council want to build to double yeah. the size of Chippenham, along yeah. with a road. Yeah. And yeah. I basically ended up... The town that hasn't got the amenities already. <laughs> Bridge that there. Nice one, Pete Hutton. So I did a fair amount of statementing and questioning of Wiltshire Council in the Cabinet meetings and the full Council meetings. Yes. And basically ended up asking the question, will this council implement a policy of requesting yeah. any developer yeah. to do a budget that shows the financial uh, cost and gain of building a housing estate yeah. like that, yeah. the carbon cost yeah. of building yeah. a housing estate like that, yeah. and the environmental cost of building an estate like that, yeah. mainly focused at the damage you do just by digging up the soil you yeah. know, preparing what is currently farmland to turn yeah. it into yeah. concrete and brick housing yeah, estate. Yeah. And the answer to my point blank question at the end of a couple of years yeah. was no, we're not going to put in a policy yeah. to account for the yeah. amount of carbon that we're going to release. Yeah. We're not going to put in a policy for the amount of environmental damage and death that we're going to cause. Yeah. And that was kind of the result of what I would call sort of political activism with kind of empowered by Extinction Rebellion, but actually yeah. talking as myself in cabinet meetings, in the process, mm. in full council mm. meetings, and more than happy to be supported and sometimes stand with the Extinction Rebellion people outside with the flags making noise and the various actions and activities that they do in London yeah. and also in Wiltshire and, and yeah. sometimes in Chippenham. Yeah. So I'd finished working out my calculations about atmosphere um, probably two or three months ago, and I happened to be um, called along or invited to a talk by um, Roger Howell over in Bath. Right. And I'd come across him in sort of watching some YouTube stuff, and I think I read a bit, uh, an article or two that he'd written. Went along, and I remember I was presented in his, in his pitch for what Insulate Britain were doing. Um, he basically outlined the state of the world as it is right now, which absolutely chimes with what I'd spent two years yeah. concluding myself. Yeah. There was not a single thing that he said in his presentation of about 20 minutes on the yeah. state that the world is in right now yeah. that I didn't know or disagreed with. Yeah. And I had all the numbers yeah. to understand what he was talking about. 
except when he said that none of the scientists at the Paris Accord COP believed that we could ever achieve 1.5 as a maximum amount of warming. So I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and then he stood there and he said, well, you know, what, what can we do about it as people? And then he went on to explain uh, some of the history of nonviolent direct action. Mm-hmm. Um, and nonviolent um, direct action, um, particularly in the case where there are extreme issues, such as apartheid in yes. Southern America. Uh, yeah, yeah, tell me about it, yeah. And, uh, I was and massively a- active uh, in this town. In that time? Oh, yeah, yeah. But totally, carry on, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, first protest march this town and a sit-in. Good luck, everyone in the council. Uh, that, um, yeah. And so, and so basically what, what Roger was saying was that um, each late Britain had formed because now was an absolutely critical time for the planet. The run-up to yeah. COP26 and COP26 itself are the times at which the world can choose, if it wants to, mm. to take a different path away from money towards having a future. Yeah. But it needs the leaders to actually lead yes. uh, and to actually call that change. Yeah. And so the object of the exercise was to get a group of people, as many as could be found, to basically um, block the motorways, yeah. to cause as much financial damage to the government yeah. as possible, yeah. in order that it would listen to what the, the demand was, which was for, the, for our government to embrace the simplest step possible of fighting climate change in this particular country yeah. by insulating houses that require insulation. Yeah. A fa- fairly fundamental and basic. It is basic, isn't yeah. It? It's so basic it's beautiful. And then I and didn't the, know yeah. that every year 10,000 people from, this is the government's own statistics, 10,000 yeah. people a year die because they're too cold in their house, oh, yeah. because they can't afford to heat it, yeah. because they haven't Just got insulation. It goes straight out into the air. That's right, no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was interesting. And if our government decides to embrace the insulation of all the houses in the country, mm. you create a huge number of jobs for people that use their hands. They don't need to be super academic. Yeah. There's a range of skills. There's yeah. all sorts of different ways of insulating stuff. Yeah. And some of it's fairly cheap and some of it's very expensive. But not as expensive as all dying because of... Well, if, yeah. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep that in your head, If you everyone. care as a government about yeah. the people, yeah. which I think is their main objective, um, then it's, it's the written objective in, in, yeah. in truth you in know truth I, I can't remember really what's going on I mean America. regardless <laughs> of, of any any you know, party politics has proven itself to be you know just marabund and, and corrupt in, in every sense Tony Blair how he can show his face do you know what I mean it's like wow you guys have got no seriously wow you, you know you can show your face at the epitaph it's like these Egypts here at the at the um, things like who that you would put yourself standing in front of people that have died because they were told various you know propaganda about why they should be fighting uh, at certain points in history and there he is someone that is absolutely uh, part of something that was quite obviously to do with money oil and murder. Right. So yeah. when you say government, I think it's important to, to for me, always just to separate that into the actual Egypts and the individuals that are purporting to be representing anyone. And I, I think you look should, at them and go, yeah. bless you. You do you really think that we think the clever people amongst us think that you really have any care for Because why, why, why would you be taking away basic things like... Uh, Free school meals during the pandemic or free school meals for poor people. 
excuse me, of work with so many of these kids during the holidays and what have you. Yeah. Taking, oh my God, it goes on and on. on. So yeah. you cannot, so when, you, when people say government, I say name the people that you think the government are. Because yeah. if you're talking about the people that actually do the work or the, or the civil servants who know what's going on, potentially they're not the people. The decision makers, well, Home Office, come on. Yeah. Pretty Patel, she's proven to be a bully and everything else, uh, defended by Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson in himself is a liar, a proven liar. These are just people that, for whatever reason, have been put in and coerced, no doubt, and sort of backhanders and all sorts of stuff, potentially, allegedly, into their situations so they can come out the other end, like David Cameron, with his massive multi-million pound uh, advisory roles. <laughs> it's sick. It's a thing now. But still, I would still rather we've come up with a new citizen's way uh, on a local level. That's why I'm going to focus all my beauty on an energy, on Chippenham Town Council, on Chippenham as a, as a place, but in respect to the other towns around us, some great initiatives happening to change fundamentally how local situations are. So that's the council is here and at, at the county level. You, you asked them why they were putting these houses, why they, these property developers were, were building unnecessarily houses, because here's the other bit about houses. We wouldn't have a housing shortage if there was a situation in this country where you couldn't you couldn't own more than one house until everyone had one that's true yes i think we wouldn't have a housing crisis yeah. if we hadn't invited 250,000 people a year into this country to work since 2005 yeah but what do you mean so you don't invite you so think the housing is the, economic growth yeah. requires that the economy grows every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the absurd in itself. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Feed your kids, shelter them, go back to the basics, see how much it costs them. Not yeah. the same amount so, at all. So, so the fundamental rule of parties of both colours is yeah. that economic growth is king. We have to grow yeah, the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's Keynesism. It's since, all those things. Since 05, yeah. productivity has been flat. Yeah. So if you want to grow the economy, yeah. you need more workers. Oh, you need cheaper workers as well. You need more workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the best place to get the cheaper yeah. workers is from outside of yeah. the UK. Yeah. We've brought in 250,000, I call them work resources. I don't have a problem with the people coming in yeah. or with them coming in. But yeah. from a housing yeah. crisis yeah. point of yeah. view, we have invited 250,000 human work resources to come and live in this country, to mm. work in the economy yeah. every year, since 2005. Yeah. Productivity has been flat since 2005, and we've done that because we tell ourselves we need economic growth. Yeah. When you bring in 250,000 people a year, you don't have enough houses after a while, which is why we have to build quite if, three yeah, yeah, yeah. If you still go to the old paradigm, you go, you go this is how we uh, make houses. How many houses have you got? Oh, I'm a property developer, don't worry about it. We're gonna, we're gonna give you loads of, loads of prime land in Chippenham because it's got a, a, a railway and a, a thing. The actual equation, regardless of the 250,000 people a year, of course, the more people that, that you have in a situation, the more resources you're going to need to expend. However, the net benefit of having immigrants, for want of a better word, or the environment, you know, economic immigrants, whatever, however you, people who travel to this country to take those jobs, which bizarrely, the people in this country after generations said, ah, 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 I ain't doing them anymore. Yeah, I'm not doing those jobs. You have to get desperate, more desperate people, whether it's in the army, air force, or navy. Look who died in the wars. It wasn't just British, you know, white um, supremacists. It was the Irish, the Indians, etc., etc. So what I'm saying is, 
How many people do we have in this country and how many people have a house? How many homeless people are there? Okay, great, put that to one side. How many people in this country have got more resources than they need by, by physically having houses, houses that they rent out, houses that they have on holiday down in Cornwall? We do a load of work in Cornwall. Most of the year in Cornwall, the reality is the weather isn't that good, good and better than most places to be fair, but the weather isn't good, but the jobs aren't there because it's all about seasonal economics. If you think in those terms, if you don't think in those terms and you live within your means in a place, but you have to be able to afford the shelter, but you can't afford the shelter because David Cameron and his like and their families have got second, third homes in these places. So having a principle about capitalism and ownership needs to be taken out. So you can't have, you shouldn't be able to make money from education, from health, shouldn't be able to make money from housing. Because what about the housing? We used to have a thing called council houses, everyone. People, there's, a, there's enough builders that build the appropriate amount of houses and they need to be insulated, they need to be green in all those environmental sustainable ways. But none of those uh, strictures and restrictions are put on them because it's all about fast buck. Yes. So, which brings us back to the, the concept of system change. So yeah. Changing away from uh, economic price yeah. and towards having a future. Yeah. Yeah. You got that one. That's, right. <laughs> That's great. And away so, from economic growth to having a future. Hmm, which so, one so I would pick? Insulate Britain's plan basically yeah. was to sit people on the motorway repeatedly yeah. until yeah. those people ended up in jail or yeah. on remand. Yeah. And the object of the exercise was to yeah. have a couple of hundred people on remand during yeah. COP26. Yeah. So that when our political, current political leaders stood up and said, we're very green, we're leading the world, um, these are all the things we're doing. Yeah. The idea was that you could actually point to the two or three hundred people in jail yeah. and go, hang on a minute, they just asked you to do the most straightforward, yeah. cost-effective, people-helping yeah. thing to fix yeah. climate change in this country. Yeah. And you slung them in jail for yeah. it. Yeah. So it's very difficult to game the legal system or to game the system. There's, yeah. a, very, there's a big set of very clever people yeah. behind government, military strategists, yeah, industrial yeah. strategists, oh, yeah, yeah. very well paid, full yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the government decided instead of using the laws that currently exist, mm. which mean that if I sit on the motorway, yeah. get arrested, mm. released the next day and told not to do it again by a magistrate, mm. I then go and sit on the motorway the next day. Yeah. When I get arrested, put in front of the magistrate, the law says that I should then be chucked in, in on remand yeah, to make sure I don't yeah. do it again. Yeah. And if I come off remand after a week or two and go and do it again, yeah. then I either go on remand for a much longer period of time yeah. or I go directly to jail. Yeah. Yeah. But the government decided not to use that currently existing law mm. and they decided that they would use a uh, limited company um, called Highways England mm. to put an injunction first on the M25 such that mm. if I'd sat on it and went and sat on it a second time yeah. I would be liable for the court expenses and the loss of earnings of Highways England Limited mm. for doing that yeah. so not really a go to jail sort of problem but more will take all your money off you sort of yeah. problem yeah, yeah. oh and we'll put you in jail as well yeah, yeah, yeah. and um so instead of actually using the law that existed and stopping the insulate Britain people from upsetting and disturbing the public by sitting on the road, yeah. they decided that they were yeah. trying to extract cash from them, yeah. put As an well. injunction out on yeah. there, and yeah. didn't put any of us yeah. on the lawn or in jail, yeah. which then freed us up to keep causing trouble yeah. and keep trying to get the government effectively to 
focusing yeah. on the market. So it didn't work out the way that was planned, in that there wasn't two or three hundred people in jail during COP to highlight the fact that we're not the world leader in climate change activity at all in England. Uh, and um, we did cause a lot of disruption, uh, but we, on, on the plus side, there was a lot of media attention about the fact that the government won't insulate or won't help to insulate the homes across Britain, yeah. which is the most basic step that you can do to fight yeah. climate change yeah. in this country. So it was a very uh, challenging, um, actually doing those actions yeah. uh, at the time was, was extremely challenging, sort of mentally, emotionally. Yeah. And it took me probably two or three months to argue in my head that this is something that I should do, given the gravity of the situation yeah. with the climate and the ecology. And that was really hard work as well, and also very emotional, yeah. uh, just inside me. Yeah. You know, that's like testing your mental strength yeah. and you know, your mental stability, yeah. thinking about that for such a long time. And then in the run-up to doing uh, each of those actions, and I did them four times, I found that I couldn't sleep the nights before, so that and it was that level of stress that you had to kind of yeah. get over. And in order to bring yourself to the point where, or to bring myself to the point where I could set off and do that, I had to imagine what the future's going to be like yeah, yeah, from yeah. the point which when the, it, yeah. it hits home here, which mm. is the day when there is no food in the supermarket. Absolutely. This is the point of undermining these, the underlining these things. Yeah. Food so, in the supermarket, so remember that people. So here in this country, it's not like, probably not um, forest fire, because we've burnt all the forests already. Yeah. It's not um, floods, because that's probably going to be 50 to 100 years away before that affects us much in this But country. more and more... Sea level floods, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but more and more in the, in the yeah, middle of overbuilt I, flood plains. Yeah, I see it, and we see it now. It's climate migration by people who simply From cannot exist. South Sahara exist. Africa. Yeah, they can't what exist. they would do? Where they were yeah. born, because, because we've taken they take all the resources from it and made loads of money yeah. utilising their land not to grow their food. When you ask why, there's, why, why these people are hungry, because capitalists have used their land to grow fruit and everything else. And, then and, and not, not to them, for us to sell. The climate changes. Chocolates, and they can't grow food because there's not enough rain or yeah. there's too much sun. Yeah. Yeah. So I see the, the bad situation uh, that's going to occur as yeah. millions and then tens of millions of people migrating. They're doing it. They're starting to do it now. They're doing it in Mexico. And they get a thousand people a day. So everyone out there that's listening to this, don't worry about them being... Ask yourselves what you would do in a similar situation if you wouldn't take your your family out of harm's way to either dry land or safety, then I don't know how you're connected. So imagine how that looks like on a world scale because there will be a time where people are literally, because of the the bad and the misinformed or the distracted decision makers making ideas based on profit as opposed to the people's safety and security. I'm going to have to call it a day here because um, I've just been told I have to get out of here. That's <laughs> right. We can come back to this at any time, but I want to say thank you for taking that action because it, people who, oh, I, I, he, he made me late for getting to work to make these capitalists more money. In other words, to perpetuate as closer to our destruction. Think about what you were annoyed about. Because you people uh, in Slate Britain would always let uh, ambulances and stuff by window. Right. Yeah, this yeah, is a popular yeah. myth that people always thought, if my kid was on the way, if your kid, I'll tell you where your kid's on the way to, climate-induced destruction, death by capitalists causing climate chaos. So when you see an Insulate Britain person, 
You shake the hands on your behalf and say, wow, I didn't have the wherewithal or the knowledge to do it. I know what I would do if I thought that my family were threatened. And I'm, you know, I'm talking in, in the perspective of my grandfather being at Gallipoli, the Somme, Passchendaele, uh, deserted, then went and kicked the asses of the black and tans at Limerick. So, good luck out there. You're a legend. Thank you very much. People, any questions, please get a hold of me or, or Adrian to find out what you need to know to fight the people that, for whatever reason, don't do the voodoo that they should do so well. Thank you and see you later. Nice one, brother. Thank you. You're a G. <laughs> Thank you.